guy. He wasn't the smartest cookie in the drawer. Or something you like that. You keep cookies in a drawer? No. <laughs> you, have a, you have a drawer of cookies? I would love a drawer of cookies. <laughs> when you had a jar? No. I would, you you had, maybe, jar? maybe you had the jar in a drawer. Or a Ziploc bag? <laughs> uh, it's, Tupperware? <laughs> like, there's he, so many other options than a drawer. He wasn't the smartest cookie in the Ziploc bag. <laughs> That's better. Sounds a lot more. <laughs> talking about Spider-Man. Um, if you haven't gone to go see it yet, you might want to because there are some definite spoilers in this episode, um, but I'm pretty sure you have because it has had, you know, a very successful week. Has it only been a week? Or not? Yeah, well, uh, we saw it on the um, 16th of this month. And, um, well, let's just say some big things happen. For me, it was my favorite Marvel movie. How about you, Abby? Um, I have my own opinions on it, but, um, that I can get into later, but, um, just to preface this, me and John have always been really big Marvel fans, and I know a lot of people are also Marvel fans, so that's kind of the purpose behind this episode, but we normally talk about all of the new Marvel stuff when it comes out, and I think we can kind of get into that as the episode... Sorry, sorry, my chair. John's chair is squeaking. Anyway, we can get into that as the episode goes on, but I think to start, John has done some research on Spider-Man in general, so if you don't really know much about Spider-Man and the history and kind of how the characters started, this is going to be some good background for you, because apparently John has come prepared. I have, and this time I am... I think very prepared with some interesting stories from comics and also the origin of kind of Peter Parker and some of his love interests and kind of how he was, uh, you know, looked at in the comics. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing mostly with the fandom right now um, is, you know, you have to kind of distinguish the two different worlds. You have the comic world and then you have the MCU, two very different worlds. And I feel like most of the fandom is coming from the MCU, obviously, which the MCU does take a lot of their storylines from comics, but they're two very different things. So when we talk about Spider-Man and the history, we'll be talking about the comics mostly yeah. and how the comics have kind of influenced how Spider-Man is now. And we'll get into kind of the evolution of Spider-Man in the MCU, which is, you know, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, all of which, spoiler alert, are in the movie. So I, think you, I think everybody kind of knows Everyone that now. knows now, but like if you haven't, you're living under a freaking rock. <laughs> but whatever. So we'll we'll get into kind of the MCU evolution, which I want to talk about and then also the comics. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people will find the comic part kind of boring, but hopefully we can make it interesting. What? Comic part part. I think knowing how a Spider-Man was originally written and then knowing how it was acted out is pretty interesting yeah you know? so i guess we'll get into that so where do you want to start with that then? all right so i'm going to start with uh, first one of the main concepts in comics right so in comics you have uh the multiverse you have a universe when it when it itself so let's say in one universe you know for example spider there's spider-man there's the avengers they all do their one single thing now the whole multiverse theory uh is basically where there are different versions, different paths of different ways. So in one universe, Spider-Man was Gwen Stacy. Another time, it was Eddie Brock, who was who played Venom. And they're all there's millions of different versions, never ending. Right? That's what the multiverse is. And how that kind of works, why I'm talking about this is because the Spider-Man that we're gonna be talking about from the comics is gonna be from some I'm going to talk about different stories it's going to be from different universes but in comics how it's you know known to people is that one universe is what we call the main Marvel universe which is Earth 616 universe 616 that's kind of how it just is and 
then there is a different one which we can call the MCU, which is kind of what you know. It's kind of which is Earth, whatever, whatever. It's a number that no one really knows, and there are two different universes, which is why there's different stories, which is why they're always going to be a little different, which is why you can kind of, you know, give you leniency on like pe people like uh, make fun of or uh, criticize the MCU for being different, way different than the comics, but that's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's how they're made. Uh, anyways. And then do you want to go into a little bit about Deadpool too? Because I think that's interesting. Deadpool's... And kind of how he functions in the comic world and what his role is. Sure. Because he... I was expecting Deadpool to show up in this movie. But really? A little bit. I mean, that would be funny, right? That would be funny. But a lot of people don't really know what he does in comics and kind of like how he functions. Because... Well... Well, I mean, a little bit in the movies, he kind of does, you know... Yeah, I, I think they did a really good job with the movies with um, Ryan Reynolds and all that. But basically, in the comics, he's literally insane. Like, in terms of him being a human being, he is literally insane. He doesn't know a lot of things. But then he has... He just breaks comics, breaks Marvel. There's He breaks the third wall, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so he kind of talks to the audience. Or the fourth and he's wall. the fourth wall. Fourth wall, sorry. So he kind of breaks the fourth wall and he talks to the audience and he's kind of above it all, right? Like he's just exempt from, sorry about the background noise if you can hear that, but um, he's kind of exempt from all of the rules of, you know, normal characters follow and he yeah. kind of is on the outside and didn't you say that he had like a certain infinity stone? Yeah, so in one story, basically what happened is Deadpool uh, in the comic talk to the writers of the comic at that time yeah so even like to that extent where deadpool can talk to the writers of the comics what i love about marvel is how real they make it feel and that's why people are you know so obsessed with it because it makes it i mean marvel does a really good job of making it relatable to everyone and relating it to current events like they've done throughout history and they also just do a really good job with humor in the mcu and they also you know, I haven't read a ton of comics. Yeah. I'm not really a comic nerd, and I would hate to call myself that because I know so many people who are mm -hmm. really knowledgeable about the comics, and I'm just not. But I know for sure that um, the MCU and Marvel just does a really great job of bringing um, the, the topics to be very relevant. And it doesn't make it so much of a nerd thing anymore to where, you know, only a select group of people would really be interested in it because it was such a nerd thing that it wasn't really popular you know it wasn't really something everyone was interested in cool. and now everyone is interested in it because they made it so relevant to everyone they did it, it's a wide world thing i don't i would argue that it's not really a nerd thing anymore no at least the marvel movies it's more of a culture now yeah i would agree yeah and speaking about the whole um uh how marvel made comics that can re relate to people that's kind of the whole basis of what Spider-Man was based off of. Perfect segue. Because Spider-Man was... So his story is that Spider-Man was an everyday kid, right? Before he was actually Spider-Man. He's Peter Parker. Now, Peter Parker was an everyday kind of person who went to school, didn't really get in trouble, had some good was good grades, and then but he got bullied all the time. And he was nerdy, and he was like... No, like no one noticed him at all. He was somebody who didn't even no one noticed. And I think a lot of people can relate to that who are in school and no, they don't really notice. Well, just teenagers smart. in general, right? Yeah, in general. And then this feeling of like you can secretly be this very strong, very you know superhuman, um, where you're going around and doing these amazing things that people don't really know about when they first meet you. That kind of touches on the teenage experience as a whole. Where yeah. Yeah. I was going to get to that because the whole thing is that after he was bit by a radioactive spider, right, his Uncle Ben... All right, so his Uncle Ben passed and in an unexpected accident. Actually, it's not that expected. Basically, Peter Parker... Well, okay, let me pause you right there because according... I mean, following the movies, what would you say is the most accurate, you know, death of Uncle Ben? Because you have, you know, in the most current Tom Holland version... Aunt May dies, and you have Aunt Uncle dies. Uncle Ben in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. That Uncle Ben's both die. So, what is the most accurate kind the, of death? I guess the most accurate one is definitely the one from the first two, relatively, because Uncle Ben was since Peter Parker's parents died, right? 
Uncle Ben was his father, right? He raised him to be the young, the teenager he was when he was. And then after he got, he became Spider-Man, right? You know, he's kind of going through transformation, which, you know, as teenagers do. And then he became this incredible figure with a costume. And it didn't, you know, it didn't show any race or ethnicity, which made people who actually were reading the comic, they didn't know that, oh, sorry, chair. All right, so um, Spider-Man wore a costume covering everything, so any person reading the comic could be like, oh, I could see myself doing that. It could be super powerful. Even though he was a bully, he was bully. He was not a person that would be recognized. He still went out of his day to save people. But anyways, the whole Uncle Ben portion of it is that after he became Spider-Man, he kind of wanted to test his powers. and But he he was they had a fight. Uncle Ben had a fight with Peter Parker, and at least in the movie. And what happened is that Peter went to make some money, but he let a bad guy go. He let somebody who probably he should have stopped, he should have stepped in and uh, done the good thing, you know, be responsible. And But he didn't, and that resulted in the death of Uncle Ben. And this was horrible and super touching for Peter Parker because it was basically his, like his dad, right, his mm-hmm. father figure. And, um, well, I mean, to start things off, he didn't really have his dad growing up, and then his only father figure, which isn't really his father, dies. Yeah. So that's traumatic, I would yeah. argue. <laughs> and I, I want to speak a little bit on the whole, um, gr- uh, with great power comes great responsibility, because that was kind of shown in the comics that people don't actually know, like, there's the phrase, but it was acted on Peter, because if he stopped the bad guy, he took responsibility with the power he had, he could have, then Uncle Ben might, wouldn't have died. But he didn't, and then Uncle Ben died. So that was a. Uh, some people don't know that Zack Zack that 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 is actually the kind of reference to the whole entire situation. That if you have the power to step in and do something, you should do it, right? Mm-hmm. And anyways, going past that, Uncle Ben. I mean, sorry, Peter Parker. After his uncle died, he was shot. Though he was shot by the person, and he tried to. Oh, he's like, Peter Parker tried to, you know, well, he was in a frenzy. He tried to kill him. Tried to kill, well, he tried to hunt down, found the guy. And in the first movie, he killed him. In the second movie, he didn't kill him. I think he never found him. Didn't he find Did he ever find him? I don't think so. I was actually no. re-watching that the other day, and I didn't get to that part, but... Yeah, so basically Peter Parker in the second one, like Andrew Garfield in the movie, uh, he kept searching for guys with a tattoo. That would this is the guy that killed Uncle Ben. He never found it. And then, you know, the story progressed. But in the first one, he found him. And, he, you know, Spider-Man didn't av- actively kill him. He fell out of a window and died. Although that wasn't really the killer. It was still active, though. Anyways, so being Spider-Man, I'm going to go past that, right? Being Spider-Man... He, uh, you know, had to save people. He kept, you know, running into bad guys in bad situations. He kept getting beat and hit. And did he, he didn't actively, always win. Did he actively seek out bad situations to try and save people? Or no. did they just happen to They kind him? of happened all around him, but he but always stepped in. this was after he in. was bit by the spider, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he always stepped into the situation. And, you know, that's how comics were made. You know, if he just, he had to bump into a really bad villain because that's you know how the story had to be made so who was his be... first villain was it the green goblin uh yes i think so okay and we can talk about that in a minute so that's kind of a, a rough history of the comic spider-man but now we can talk about the movie um which one second sorry where he's still recording so actually I, i'm gonna rec- i'm pretty sure it's a green goblin one second okay we're looking it up Chameleon. Oh, chameleon who disguised himself as Spider-Man and made him look himself like a hero. A hugely important as chameleon as part as the one who trusted Spider-Man for years into his career. So, not somebody not actually Green Goblin. Not Green Goblin. The chameleon. 
which I guess is kind of like Mysterio in a little bit, you know? I guess, yeah. Maybe they, maybe that's maybe it is like Mysterio. Maybe it's Mysterio. Just they renamed him. It looks like the photo we're looking at right now looks like the Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go back to. Okay, so. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So let's give our initial opinions of the movie. I'm gonna start off right now. It was too cheesy for me. Too cheesy. Yeah. It, how, how it's it cheesy? definitely like I know. Okay. Marvel knows how to make money, and they are playing off of the one thing that they know fans will go crazy over, and that's crossovers. Now, for me, I was scared that there was going to be too many crossovers where it was going to get cheesy, and it kind of did for me. I'm just going to be honest. Like, the one cameo I was so excited about, and I will forever, I will, I could talk about it for hours, is Matt Murdock as yeah. the lawyer. That was my you know, favorite one, because Daredevil... Okay, the squeaking the is squeaking intense. The in my chair, I'm the sorry. The squeaking Wait, is intense. I'm gonna switch chairs. Okay, we're switching chairs. He has this huge gaming chair. It's ridiculous. Okay, anyway. Wow, okay. All right. Oh my god. Sorry. Okay, anyway. Um, Matt Murdock, Daredevil and the Punisher are two of my favorite superhero. Well, they're not superheroes. They're kind of vigilantes, I guess, yeah. um, because they're kind of in the shadows. But um, they're two of my favorites because um, they're just so, I don't know. Badass. They're so badass. And they're so, I feel like not a lot of people know about them. And it's so sad because they're so cool. Actually, and I think Daredevil's trending again in, on Netflix because of instantly, the cameo. Instantly. Instantly. After the movie. But it was so successful on Netflix. It was so sad that they discontinued. But apparently now they invited him back into the MCU. And I'm hoping that they continue the series. I think but, it's been three years since the last season. Yeah. And I don't know about The Punisher. That's kind of a stretch that they would, you know, sh include that. But. That's it's my in the same favorite. universe, so now the Punisher is in the same kind of universe as everyone else, which is cool. But with the Tobey Maguire, there was just too many crossovers at once. I feel like I don't know. I, I saw this meme the other day where it's like the next steps of Marvel, and you see Jurassic Park, and you see Star Wars, and everything's just crossed over. And that's like ultimately what it would sum up to, is you have this kind of like this rush of like oh my god, my favorite characters are now into one movie together. And that's what the Multiverse of Madness is going to be, I'm telling you right now. You're going to see a ton of crossovers, and Marvel knows what they're doing because they know that fans are going to go crazy for crossovers. And obviously, Spider-Man was doing so well in the theaters. It's over $1 billion, um, profit. Yeah, right now wow. in the box office. So they're in just one week. So yeah. there, and I know friends that have gone to see it like four plus times. And it's another movie that uh, people cheer at actively. <laughs> yeah, actively cheer at. And I think the reason why is, you know, the crossovers. Marvel is very smart in the way that they're doing that, where they're, you know, taking these things that people are, you know, didn't think were related and are now putting them in one movie. And it's so crazy to fans. But Marvel has been doing that for, in the comics at least, for Oh, since the beginning, it's always been crossovers. And didn't you, we talked about this one time where they were doing too many crossovers and fans began to lose interest, and that's where this is headed. Yeah, so uh, speaking of crossovers, I want to talk about the Sin Sinister Six in comics first. Because that was the... Well, you want to give your initial opinions of the movie first. Sure, okay. Okay, so I personally loved the movie. For me, I love... What kind of tipped the cherry on top was Matt Murdock. Because, especially because you know we saw Matt Murdock because in the okay so spoiler in the movie uh, Spider-Man's identity identity is revealed and he needs a lawyer, aka yeah, Matt Murdock at first at first yeah at first he needs a he needs yeah, Matt Murdock and when we, and I saw him I was skeptical because maybe oh maybe there's just Matt Murdock but then he he caught a brick th that came through a window and he's if you don't know anyone who doesn't know who Daredevil is or Matt Murdock he's a blind you're living under a rock. Yeah, you're living on a rock. He's a blind <laughs> superhero. He's totally blind, but he has enhanced senses. Super senses. Super senses. Super smell. Super hearing. And uh, I don't know. Uh, basically, super exactly. touch. So basically, he has he has no eyes, but then he sees better than any other person. He's kind I of like would, an echolocation kind of thing. I would argue he's not like Spider-Man, but he kind of is in that he has a super sense, and his yeah. super sense is way more than Peter's. And I would argue Daredevil is really? better than Spider-Man. Not really, because the whole thing is people... Spider-Man just has webs. That's it. That's, That's the only difference. That's not true. 
At all. Oh, well, not at all. And super strength, I guess. He's a little he's, bit okay. more... Okay. With Spider-Man, he's Daredevil got... Daredevil got... is a little bit more like he came from very little. He had a hard life as well, but he also, through hard work, came to be the man he was. Yeah. Peter Parker was given special powers through a spider, and while he didn't, he did go through hard things too. He still got his powers from, you know, like a spider. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody has hard. Th- I the think... thing about if you because, but the thing is, the whole thing about I guess okay, Marvel is always very. Where I I'm gonna talk about realistic, but there's nothing realistic about it. But except like the p- things that people go through, and people have gone through their fathers or, or grandfathers getting killed or dying when they're young and that's kind of or getting bullied in school which is why it was kind of thing matt murdoch he you know gotten his dad died he was he had a single dad and his dad died right that's true he did that did die and he, you know they both both have they hard times a hard life yeah and you, you have to and with marvel you can't be repetitive so you have to do something different yeah and yeah but spider-man is a lot older <laughs> and I talked to someone who's been a comic fiend for years, and he says that he likes Marvel, but the one thing that Marvel does repetitively is they just follow the same formula. So it kind of, it does get repetitive. And that's where it's headed. Like, I know fans would hate to hear it, but, like, that's where this is headed. Marvel is about to hit a peak, and then they're just going to go downhill after that because they're yeah. about to do so many crossovers. After that, it's going to get hard to create new stuff. Yeah, well, I, I think it's kind of like when they looked at Infinity War and Endgame, which is a, all the superheroes across the world that we didn't really see come together, came together, other than the Avengers. The Avengers was the first big crossover in Marvel. Well, not really. I mean, not all of them. So you have the superheroes that had their own movies, like Captain Marvel and stuff. They came into the scene, but they still were in the MCU. But you're taking now with Spider-Man far, is it far? No, it's not far from home. What's it called? Uh, No Way Home. No Way Home. Um, now you're taking superheroes from other franchises that weren't even related to Marvel are now yeah, and they kind can, of the thing is Marvel. they can do that because the, I was talking about the whole multiverse series that they are allowed to do that and things. And I think because if you've been watching Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man with um, Tobey Maguire came out on I believe 2009, I think. Wasn't it? I think it was 2009. I don't think so. I think it was like... Oh, 03. It was 03. I looked it up the other day. 02. 02. So it's going to be 20 years almost next year when it will be coming out. and Well, 20 year anniversary next year. And that is a long time. And then after that, after the third Spider-Man, which was... Tobey Maguire had three movies. Mm -hmm. He had one with... The main villain was Green Goblin, which was the first one. Second was Doctor Octopus, or and the third one was Venom, uh, Sandman, and Green Goblin Junior. I'm gonna call him James Franco. James Franco, <laughs> uh, Harry Osborn. That's what it was. Thing is, and yeah, and that was the first kind of franchise of that. Yeah, you know, and then had. getting to my favorite Spider-Man, freaking Andrew Garfield, so underrated. He. I was rewatching the movies. They just packed a lot into those movies. They, one, really played off of Gwen Stacy, and I love Gwen Stacy, and I love her role in Spider-Man's life, and I love that she knew that, um, and, that, and uh, what is his name, Peter Parker was Spider-Man, because MJ didn't know for a while, right? Uh, yeah, MJ didn't know. Yeah, because, yeah, she didn't know, and I like that Gwen Stacy knew. Um, and I love Andrew Garfield. He was such a peppy, such a very, like, lively, funny Spider-Man, and Tom Holland is but also isn't he i the first thing that caught me off guard with tom holland and i didn't like him right away was his high-pitched voice it just really i didn't like it it was really annoying to me but um andrew garfield was a little bit he was like the skinny spider-man this tall and skinny spider-man he was more of like i don't know but he looked a little bit like a college kid so i don't know so what so the whole thing is a lot of people debate on whether which spider-man was the best a lot of people agree that Tobey Maguire was very smart. Right? He was smart, but he's also a soft guy. He's smart and soft, and that he brought the emotion to it. And then, but he didn't really have a lot of the cool factor. He did, but not not so much. And then Andrew Garfield was all cool, 
super sick. Super peppy. Super peppy. Graphics for the movie were amazing. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, that but, shock factor of Gwen dying. But he was not as nerdy. Which is what uh, Spider-Man... True, which but was, he also was. Because he had the scenes where he was in the lab creating his webs. He was discovering his dad's work as a scientist. He was creating things. and Like, he... he they did play off of him being smart. And in the first movie, you have the scene of him going to Oscorp and him being the only kid to raise his hand to answer the question of, I think it was, you know, I don't know, the scientist who turned into a lizard was talking cross about... Cross-species genetics. Yeah, that one. His smart line of cross-species genetics. So cheesy, but still. Like, you have him... He was still definitely smart. Maybe he didn't look... Well, Tom Holland doesn't look that smart. Well, I would argue Tom, Tom Holland is less... Thing is, Tom Holland... I think works the best in terms of relation to the comics. Okay. Because he's very smart, but he's also pretty cool in the way, you know, he does actual Spider-Man, and he's also what you call nerdy. He has to be nerdy. Because, you know, Spider-Man in the comics, he was nerdy. He had acne. He had had to go get the eggs. He had to go take out the trash. That was his kind of, you know, he was still a, a person, which made him relatable. And that's what Tom Collin, I think, kind of does really well true and also the the build of spider-man in the comics he's tall but he's also semi-muscular which i think toby mcguire i mean not toby mcguire tom holland also does pretty well yeah and toby did thing is toby uh his suit in the in the movie is the exact one from the comics Mm it's the exact one the same kind of uh, and he has the webs yeah. that come out of his wrists yeah. rather than the self, like the made webs. Like. And th- and that is from the comics as well. Yeah. They don't have to reload a cartridge or whatever. But, that was um, a joke in the movie, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I think as fans have always wanted to see all the Spider-Mans together. Okay? That's always been a thing. Oh, you know, why didn't they stick with one Spider-Man? Or why did they keep going for multiple? And this kind of, you know, made it kind of a, I don't know a battle who's the best spider-man and all them being together and there's one scene when they're battling all of the villains that kind of came from all the universes where they're all kind of a team and it looks so cool because you know they all do the kind of poses in the air and they drop in one of the i think it's like the statue of liberty a building near the statue Mm -hmm. of liberty and they just look so cool and i you know I, i like it a lot i think i do i just think it's so cool it's a good little treat a good little and, thing for fans until the multiverse of madness yeah. comes out and for me i one thing i really liked about the movies other than the spider-man were the villains they were very good because i really liked the first green goblin green goblin is probably my favorite villain yeah uh willem dafoe he played green goblin because he switches from being super, you know, nice and innocent to very evil, very sinister. Probably the most evil. Yeah. And I think they got him really accurate in terms of his strength and powers. Because, it, so, the Spider-Man, the strength of a Spider-Man web is insanely strong. Look through the movies and all and all that. But basically, you need a, a knife to cut through it. And it's super strong. And that's just one strand. If you uh, put it together, it'll hold together a lot of different things. And in the Tobey Maguire one the first one uh there's one scene where he's going off against green goblin and he trying to he trying to makes the spider web block and green goblin just rips through it and there's like a razor wire sound like he's just so he's incredibly strong and um in this spider-man movie it shows because even though green goblin looks like he's 50s in his 50s or 60s he totally destroys Spider-Man, which mm-hmm. is, I think, And cool. kills Aunt May in the movie. Yeah, and he kills Aunt May in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Spoilers. Not Far From Home, No Way Home. No Way Home. No Way Home. And that actually is a is a, a story in comics, too, of the death of Aunt May, but I'm not going to talk about that. What I am going to talk about is... Spider-Gwen? Close. I'm going to talk about Spider-Man's loves, which is this include Gwen Stacy. So in the comics, you have about three main love interests that Spider-Man has. There's one girl before he was Spider-Man who actually dated uh, Flash Thompson in the comics, who he kind of had, he always liked. They kind of had a fling. It didn't really, it was always kind of unspoken, didn't really do that. But then 
after he became Spider-Man, he fell in love with Gwen Stacy. And this was the true... Uh, Wait, in comics, so the this one was that dated Flash love. Thompson was MJ, correct? No. Oh, just she wasn't named? MJ? No. No, I mean yeah. the one that dated Flash Thompson you were just Oh, uh... Let me see. I can, I can, I can get it up. Uh, her name was really weird. I forgot. Uno momento. All right. Before okay, while we while I I look this up, uh, basically Gwen's. I'm gonna actually. You know, skip that. We don't really need to talk about the first girl. I don't know, remember her name. But basically, she was kind of... She also kind of bullied him, but also kind of... They had a fling for a little bit. It doesn't really matter. The second person he kind of fell for was Gwen Stacy. Now, in comics, they say that Gwen Stacy was his truest love. The person he loved the most, and he was most you know compatible with. Which is what is actually more relatable to in the comics as well. Because... He met, I mean, sorry, in the movies, at least in Andrew Garfield, because Andrew Garfield, uh, his Spider-Man met Gwen Stacy first instead of MJ. Mm hmm And, uh... That was in high school, right? Yeah. Oh, um... Their senior year. One second, one second. What is the first love interest in, um, Tom Holland? Liz. That's her name. That's the first girl that Spider-Man likes in... Oh, seriously? So in like the, the comics. Okay. And that's, that, that's her name. Her name was Liz, but in... Homecoming, I guess they kind of do that at Homecoming too, mm-hmm. a little bit. But anyways, um, what was it? Where was I? Okay, Andrew Garfield, he, the first love interest was Gwen Stacy. That was the first one that he had. There was and, only one. In yeah, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, but they were so compatible. They they you know were a team. They loved each other, and and the second one was kind of actually accurate on how she died. died spoiler but not really so in the comics they were she was his truest love uh, as, as said in the comics actually mm-hmm. is the, that's a line said by the author and then i don't want to say that but yeah author okay and the whole thing about how she died is spider-man was battling off against green goblin uh harry uh, not harry uh yeah just green goblin and green goblin knew and she he he was near Gwen Stacy, and Green Goblin threw Gwen Stacy off a bridge, which Spider-Man, and then he, I think he tussled with Spider-Man, and she eventually, you know, fell to her death, and this was, you know, devastating for um, <laughs> Peter Parker, obviously, and, and speaking about this, this is kind of the moment that uh, Green Goblin becomes Spider-Man's arch nemesis, you know, his rival, his main villain. Right, that's what kind of makes it because he kills all of his, you know, best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually later on, Peter meets MJ, which isn't you know said to be his truest love, but it is the person he kind of ends up with. His um, uh, Spider, I mean Superman and Lois Lane kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that worked. You know, still worked out in the comics. And, anyway, so the thing I was saying about Gwen Stacy and how she was your truest love. That was from a comic that I, well, a comic that I read called is when Spider-Man meets someone in Marvel comics called the One Above All. Now, in comics, you have gods, you have like Hercules, you have Wonder Woman. Oh no, sorry, that's DC. Sorry, you have Hercules, you have other gods that I can't name right now because I'm losing my mind. Zeus. I don't know if Zeus is in Marvel. I think it is, but you have other gods or godly figures that have immeasurable power. Now, in the hierarchy of Marvel, there are beings. So you got, you know, regular people. Then you got kind of universal entities like Galactus in Fantastic Four, or you have Universe, actually like the, the universe itself. I think it's called, uh, not Mr. Universe, it's called... um. Eternity. So, Eternity in Marvel is actually a being. It's a manifestation of the universe itself, basically. And that's you know makes them really pow- powerful. And above that, I was talking about the multiverse, is 
a per a thing, I guess, uh, entity called Living Tribunal, and it's uh, basically the judge, jury, and executioner of the entire multiverse. So if we look at a multi uh, universe being like, okay, that's not good, the universe is then wiped out of existence, and then he continues judging. Now above that, there's only one thing above that, which is the one above all. You know, the name kind of fits, and he is actually just God in Marvel. And okay, so one thing that uh, Marvel, th this comic kind of went back to is, is the same original Peter Parker from the original like first comic, and he's talk he like, talks to Peter Parker. Peter Parker basically, uh, his entity. good okay so peter parker basically in this comic is post his identity getting revealed and post aunt may dying so this is like after he's done like he's pissed off all everybody who he's loved has died i think in this comic also mj's died like he is no one absolutely no one and uh what i mean is post civil war so in marvel there's civil war which is basically when superheroes kind of are, you know, at heads with each other. And in this, there's actually Spider-Man in the comic, the Civil War comic. And Spider-Man reveals his identity to prove that, okay, I'm ready for this, you know, agreement. He goes on Iron Man's side. And um, eventually he has to do the whole thing with Doctor Strange in the comics to make sure nobody remembers his, his name. So that actually is also accurate from the comics. But after that, you know, Aunt May died. And he's not doing Spider-Man. He hasn't been Spider-Man for a while. But he's just beating up uh, a dumpster in an alleyway. And then the one above all, you know, he's not actually not in his thing. He's masked as, the, as this um, homeless guy. And he comes up to Peter Parker and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you beating up the trash can? It never did anything to you. Like in a snarky remark and all that. And then um, Peter Parker is instantly surprised because you know peter parker has his spider sense which means no one can sneak up on him except like venom or anti-venom like some of the symbiotes but otherwise nothing in the universe can sneak up on him because his you know he'll know it's a spider sense but this guy sneaked up on him without anything so he was like instantly suspicious uh and eventually the one ball kind of healed his hands instantly and you know they went to go get a burger <laughs> funny enough and the one thing that peter asks is like why is why did aunt may have to die take me would you could i could i trade places and one of all is like would you really do that and he's like in a heartbeat because he you know he loves aunt may more than anyone and then this kind of you know at this point peter was kind of you know doubting himself as a as a superhero because the people he loved in his life died so what they did is the one above all he transported uh, Spider-Man and himself and every single person he has ever saved or influenced through being Spider-Man and they transported to a beach and the entire beach was full and like full of just people crowded against each other not knowing where they were and the one above all basically told Spider-Man like this is these are all the people that you've influenced that have saved how they were turned around in their lives because of you not even knowing you swing by that's one other person there are hundreds of thousands of people on this one beach and that's a fraction of the people that you've helped and this kind of and then you know spider-man went off uh, okay so so what you know what is even the point if of all this chaos and misery if you know is there an afterlife or is there uh, a rhyme and reason to it all and the one above all kind of says that no i don't know he doesn't even know there's no pattern in the universe that he would even tell or he doesn't even know he doesn't even know because he's just like i built the universe and then the multiverse everything i built everything and then i just kind of let it go that's all he did i don't do anything else you kind of just see how it goes and through my doing the good people rise to bad and you be saved so many people but also people die and all that and it kind of brought to an end that you know kind of a deeper meaning of what marvel kind of thinks about I guess you know the whole thing about reality and how people are miserable sometimes, but there's no rhyme or reason to anything at all. But then you still gotta, you know, get up and get out of bed so and depression. continue your day. 
Yeah, it was. I it, for me, it was an interesting story because even when you're talking to God, right, literal God of Marvel, you know, you in now the in days. I guess that is a good metaphor for depression. Yeah. And kind of, you know, if you were to realize, if you were to be on a beach with all the people that you've touched, that you don't even realize, you know, it yeah. kind of gives you a bit more, you know, perspective and purpose, I guess. Yeah, and you know, people go on through their days not even knowing how many people they've helped or their lives and being like oh it's all amounted to nothing no maybe you uh i think yeah and touching on deeper subjects i think that you know you when you are going through something like depression um you do feel alone and you do get inside your head and you fail to realize how many people you do actually help and you do actually touch and you know, maybe just talking to one person or saying hi to someone can make an, a huge impact that you don't realize because you're not them and you don't, you know, you don't know. So, yeah, it's a very smart move on Marvel's part and the comics part as well. Yeah. So anyways, you know, Spider-Man went on to become Spider-Man. And now, okay, I'm going to go away from a little bit of this deeper meaning. I'm going to go to some cool factor <laughs> of, uh, of Spider-Man. So, uh, a comic that I researched was, uh, what is this? It's a comic where Spider-Man be becomes kind of God, in a way. Not really, but in comics, in the, there's an entity called... Okay, so you know about Ant-Man, right? Mm -hmm. So, in the movie Ant-Man, he shrinks down to the microverse. A sub I mean, a subatomic universe that is big in retrospect, you know, inside, when you're inside it. But it's super small and super dense, and you know it's how they kind of did the whole Infinity War and brought everybody back. Now, comics they have that; they have a microverse, and inside that they have something called the Spider Verse. <laughs> no, uh, something called. Gosh, I'm. I just researched this, and now I'm forgetting all of it. This is no bueno. One second. So I, it's called. It's like an entity. It's a power. And it comes from there. I'm going to name it in a minute after I, I learned it. And basically, it's called a... It's a universal power. It's a power for good, so it's like an entity. So it has... It thinks. You know, it knows. And in comics, you have what is called... A person called Mr. Universe. And that's what the entity kind of... When it bonds to a person. Kind of like a symbiote. And it goes from person to person who's... in dire need of like universal issues the earth is about to die so mr universe the entity will come over imbue you with its power and you'll basically become god <laughs> for a short time until that either the situation is dealt with earth is saved then it'll go away or you try to use it for evil all right now in this uh story i'm just gonna call it the power or whatever it bonds to Peter Parker because he is going to go up against a various amount of villains, right? And basically, Loki in comics had an idea. If I brought all these villains together, but they made them fight their different rivals, maybe that'll throw them off and they'll be able to defeat the heroes. Loki did that? Yeah, he thought, okay, so... That would be I'll... funny if he did that in the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> yeah. That would be really funny. Yeah, so he teamed up Spider-Man. He told the something called the Tri-Sentinel, which is like... It, so in X-Men, you have the thing called the Sentinels. And a Tri-Sentinel is a bunch of different versions of Sentinels in one. And he went up against Spider-Man. And during that, you know, he was getting bad. It was getting bad. He was fair and okay, but it was getting bad. So uh, the Mr. Universe thing imbued itself into Spider-Man. And then Spider-Man just be, basically became nuts. Mm -hmm. So his spider sense and his strength, he had unlimited strength, unlimited stamina, Unlimited. He could. He didn't have to eat or drink. He was good. Uh, he could heal himself uh, instantly. His healing factor, and his spider sense was turned up, so he would know like everything in the area, everything. So he could never be snuck up on. And he was super fast, and he could uh, d delete planets if he wanted to. It was cool. Like, he didn't because you know if he used the power for good. And part of the Mister Universe thing is anybody who's imbued with it gets the memories of anybody in the past who were imbued with it. So maybe a different person was imbued with it, and then Spider-Man after that, so he would have the memories of that person for that time. Um, 
So I just think it's a cool thing. Well, basically, he went around the universe. He <laughs> killed a lot of enemies. Or you think he defeated. He didn't kill. He defeated a lot of enemies. And it was just kind of a cool moment for Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, I want to jump on... Uh, what do I, do? I just have my, lost my train of thought. Alright, so I want to talk about Switch now. Switch again. Switch again. Are you sleepy, Abby? No, I'm just, I'm listening. I'm listening, <laughs> I promise. Just looking up at the sky being like... No, my neck is hurting, so I'm just tipping my head back. But you can keep <laughs> talking. Okay. Um, okay, I want to switch now to... What do I want to do? Okay, the Sinister Six. No. Marvel was famous for a lot of different things, being realistic and, you know, having really cool superheroes or villains. You know, heroes didn't always win. That was a thing that was new in a lot of comics because in DC or Variant Comics or other, you know, comic books. Is that books, a thing? Variant Comics? Yeah, it is. Are you sure? It is. Variant Comics was when, I, I believe it's where, uh, what is the name, Spawn was created. Okay. Or, uh, Variant Comics. Well, I feel like... Yeah, I believe Variant Comics is a thing. I feel like, um, you know, in the majority, Marvel has just become sort of a monopoly with comics, where they've... And kind of the movies. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Which is scary, because I don't want that to happen. Who knows? I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. Variant Comics. Or is that just a YouTube channel? Okay, in comic books, a variant... Wait, no, 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 no. I think that's just a YouTube channel. I'm not sure if that's an actual, like... No, I'm pretty sure... It... Okay, never mind. Anyways. <sighs> Doing that, most comics were, at least in DC, were, okay, bad guy, person in distress, fr I mean... Sorry, superhero, somebody gets in danger of dying, and then superhero defeats villain every time. Saves the day, goes home, and that's pretty much it. You know, they have to overcome some struggle to defeat the villain or that. And that was, in back in the day, that was the main kind of thing. That kind of concept where that, you know, hero always defeats villain. Now, in Marvel Comics, that happened, but not always. Villains would win sometimes. You know, somebody would die, or a hero would get killed off and and brought back, or all this. A lot of things were going on. And one of the big things... Anyways, the biggest thing as I'm talking about is the Sinister Six. So, you didn't... In that, at the time of the Sinister Six, you didn't see much of the villains of that one superhero or multiple superheroes band up. A crossover. This is the first kind of crossover for all comics. You so you had okay, you had uh, Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus, Electro, Vulture, Sandman. Vulture wasn't in there. In Sinister Six. Oh. Not in the the new Spider-Man movie. Okay. You had Vulture, and then you had another guy who's slipping mine. He's kind of like an animal person. The lizard guy. No, he's not a lizard guy. He's like a tiger jungle kind of person who's like involved with his inner jungle. When you said that, the first thing that came to mind was the, uh, you remember the Power Rangers Jungle Fury? Yeah. <laughs> That's what came to mind. Another episode, Power oh, Rangers. Oh, we rank... should do that. We used to love the Power Rangers. Jungle used to. Fury. Used to. I watch it on a daily basis. Oh, no, you don't. I'm kidding. I don't, but I love it. It's great fun memories okay anyways the sinister six basically what they thought okay we keep losing against spider-man every time we go up against them so how about this what it, every time we're individual so how about if we band together and then all try to defeat him in our own territories our own advantages maybe we'll destroy him so he had to defeat one villain after the next consecutive so but in their own territory so with electro they he was at a power plant with uh, Dr. Octopus, he was at... I forgot where he was at. I think he was at a place Ocean. where... Ocean. <laughs> 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 Can you breathe underwater? That's one way to defeat Spider-Man. Go underwater. Well, maybe not. No. So with um, 
He was but, in a what a lab. A lab. I'm yeah. just kidding. Well, I, don't, I have no idea. I didn't read the comic, but yeah. I'm just guessing. So with the vulture, he was in, in the, the sky. sky. In the sky. With um the animal guy, he was in the jungle. Jungle fury. <laughs> uh yeah and basically that you know, one you know they did all get beat Spider-Man had a much harder time but he eventually you know still defeated one after another oh Mysterio Mysterio was one sorry yeah, speaking of he didn't really show up well he didn't have, he was kind of didn't he die no i think he was like captured right that he what happened to him the plot yeah, hole cuz i so in Spider-Man Far from home. Yeah, that's it. Far from home. Uh, at the end, he defeated Mysterio, and it looked like Mysterio died. No, because he was. Um, but then he made that video, and I thought that was from like he was he was captured, right? Because Nick Fury, they took him in. Did they? I think they did. They took him in. I don't know. Well, yeah. Basically, they that was it. The Sinister Six was the first beginning, and then after that, DC did a thing. Uh, with like villains burnishing together, so did Marvel again, and you know, you know, it was kind of a, a thing that happened. Villain and, crossover. Yeah, the first kind of ultimate crossover. Anyways, this didn't really happen during, and this kind of happened during uh, this new movie, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man movie, because you know a bunch of different villains from different universes came together to to stay alive. Actually, because the whole plot of the movie is that okay. We're, we're basically gonna die. Do you want to um, know what the cheesiest part is for me? What? The fact that Doctor Strange was just like, you, you know, he's this su- su- sorcerer supreme, you know, really smart, really all-knowing being, and then he would just, on a whim, undo Peter Parker's past, like, uh, knowing the consequences full well. Like, that seems very sketch to me. That, that's different. That spell is really easy to do. It was. Like, he's done a hundred times. But yet... When Peter Parker kind of messed it up because he kept adding things and kept adding things and kept adding things, and but the fact that he would just do a spell, knowing the bad things that could happen, and Peter Parker was just adding things like that makes sense. There's just a bit of a plot hole there, and it was a little cheesy to me, and some things just didn't make sense. So well, Abby, you got to keep in mind. Nothing can be exactly according to plan. True, but it did take... They have to create some kind of start of a problem, of a story that'll demeanor the the powers of superheroes. That's always been done in comics. Yeah, they could have, maybe they could have done it in like a less cheesy way. Well, the thing is, Stanley. Maybe when he, when Peter st- Parker could have like done something. Well, he did do something bad. He revealed his identity, but at the same time... They did it on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he could have just lived with it, yeah, even so. though it was hurting the people he loved. I mean, it just seems like it wasn't as big of an issue as, you know, maybe if well, he were to, like, kill someone that should have stayed alive. Well, or, technically, I don't know. Technically, he did kind of get framed for killing someone. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I want to talk about... Wait, I just lost my train of freaking thought. Sorry, I got off topic with the cheesiness. You did. Oh, right, right, right. Thank you. You just actually brought up, brought back my train of thought. So, Stanley, when he was alive, rest in peace, uh, made a quote where basically he's like, oh, "Everybody gets mad at me for saying, oh, why didn't you? Why did this person win against this insanely powerful force?'" And he kind of made an example. If I, he's like, "Okay, as me as a writer, if I wanted Spider-Man to go up against Galactus." And I, since I'm writing the freaking story, I can make Spider-Man win, no matter what. That's how it works. I can, you know, even how drastic it seems, I'm the one who has the power. Because at the end of the day, that's what it happens. The author has the power to do that. And you have to progress through the story and have make mistakes. Is being human. You can't ever have everything be perfect. And I think for the how good the movie was, the little bit of Doctor Strange oops moment, I think that's okay. And he actually did fix it, to be honest. Because Doctor Strange, after he made the smoke, did fix it. I have a feeling this is going to be another... It was kind of like... I'm hoping that it was, you know, another moment where he gives Thanos the stone. Kind of like he did it on purpose. I don't think he did this on purpose. That's different. <laughs> that was... That's different. 
Well, I feel like he kind of hinted at it in the I trailer he, at the second well, end credit. I think he was cocky because he just got back after five years. He's basically Sorcerer Supreme. He's like, oh, Spider-Man, you know, big figure. We fought together during war. He needs this simple thing to be done. I know the spell. I've done it hundreds of times. Sure, I'll do it. And then after it went wrong, right? Because once you start a spell, you can't break it. So he, you know, tried to help him out. And after it was done, he then fixed it. But then Spider-Man, you know, kind of made it not so. Right? He kind of sabotaged Doctor Strange in order to save the villains. Uh, you know, taking responsibility with the power that he had. Ha ha ha. Right? Um, and it worked out in the end. It did make Doctor Strange look a little bit stupid. But at the same time, it worked That's out. That's true. That's yeah. true. You know, Doctor Strange isn't all powerful. He is he's human. He's very powerful, though. Yeah, he's got power, but he, he is human. He the time stone. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, but you got to believe. Also, Doctor Strange is the was once the doctor who drove super fast on his phone on a highway, which caused him to lose his hands. True. He was. That is true. You do make a fair point. He was very cocky before his downfall <laughs> in so. the superdom. That's what I'm calling it. Yeah. Super dumb. <laughs> and even when in the movie as well, he's like, okay, I'm going to open the super ancient books and use the time stone to warp reality. Right? He wasn't the smartest cookie in the drawer. Or something you like that. You keep cookies in a drawer? No. <laughs> you, have a, you have a drawer of cookies? I would love a drawer of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> when you had a jar? No. I you well, you had, maybe, jar? maybe you had the jar in a drawer. Or a Ziploc bag? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's Tupperware. It, <laughs> like, there's he, so many other options in a drawer. He wasn't the smartest cooking the Ziploc bag. <laughs> That's better. Sounds a lot more. <laughs> I feel like that fits well. <laughs> yeah. Do you keep your cookies in Ziploc bags? Comment down below. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. One more thing I want to talk about. You wanted to talk about Deadpool. Yes, I like Deadpool. <laughs> You're just like, yes, I like Deadpool. I like Deadpool because it's gory and it's funny and raunchy and Ryan Reynolds. That's pretty much it. Yeah, because he kind of go like and well, in the comics too, and also X Men, which X Men is my fave, 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 yeah. fave, fave, fave. Which like, that but... was my favorite crossover. Actually, other than Matt Murdock, was when Evan Peters came back as Quicksilver in Wandavision. That was my favorite, but and then, I know for a fact people say that that was just to mess with people. It's no. not. They're going to bring the X-Men in somehow. Somehow they have to. That franchise was too popular to not continue. After Dark Phoenix, they have to. Yeah. They're, they're stupid if they don't, which yeah, I will, you know, fully fall into that trap. I will literally. still watch every single X-Men movie, even if it isn't, but, you know. I like the X-Men. <laughs> If you haven't, you know, been able to tell already. Yeah. Oh, a thing in comics is you were talking earlier about how oh, after they're going to be repetitive, it's going to be the downfall. Fun fact, Marvel has been bankrupt several times because they got repetitive. Exactly. And hopefully, you know, they're smart enough to not do that. But it seems like it's, that's where it's headed. Multiverse of Madness, I feel like my predictions, WandaVision, Doctor Strange, or not WandaVision, did I just say that? One. Wanda is going to be in there. Yes, we already know that. But Wanda and Doctor Strange are going to team up to try and tame the multiverse, and you're going to see a ton of crossovers happen, and um, a lot of villains are going to come back, probably. A lot of villains from different universes. Maybe Loki will make an appearance. Um, probably, because they talked about the multiverse in Loki, too. So yeah. maybe Loki will make an appearance. Um, hopefully the X-Men will show up. Yeah. Um, Daredevil. Possibly. Deadpool. I really want... Okay. I'm predicting Deadpool will show up. Rant for a moment. I was so sad when they didn't continue Punisher. Punisher oh, yeah, with, let's rant. with Jonathan Berthal... Is my favorite show of Me all too. time. I named my car after Frank Castle. She so did. I did. And I have it, a Punisher keychain. A lot of people are surprised when they hear that that's my favorite because they see this, you know, positive, light, happy Abby, and they don't expect me to like the Punisher. Abby, but it's my favorite Abby one. is very deceiving. The music she listens to <laughs> is 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 a British, I have a dark side. weird kind of rock. No, I would say it's like 
hard British punk. That's what I listen hard to. Hard British punk? Yeah. But the artist, the singer always has to be kind of annoying. Oh, yeah. It always <laughs> has to be somewhat obnoxious and very British and also hard guitar. That's what I like. And then A lot you, of people are shocked. They don't think that I would listen to that. They think I listen to, like, Taylor Swift or Harry Styles, yeah. which... I like Harry Styles. I don't like Taylor Swift. Sorry, controversial opinion. Maybe I'll do a podcast episode on Taylor Swift. Probably <laughs> gonna do it. Sorry, I don't like her music. Just talk all shit about the people who like Taylor Swift. I do, because I have... I don't like Taylor Swift. I don't. But, um... Yeah, maybe we will, because it's almost a cult now. The Taylor Swift... <laughs> the Taylor Swift following, it's pretty much a cult. If you don't like TT, you're a bitch. You're a t- <laughs> T-T. T-T? T-S? I'm sorry, T-S. If you're not a... Oh! oh. That just, but that shows I'm not a fan. The whole army of girls is about to come after you for saying that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. And you know what? Some of her songs, I can... Actually, maybe we shouldn't talk about it because I'm going to get too deep. But anyway, <laughs> over Taylor Swift. What was I saying? Oh, The Punisher. A lot of people wouldn't expect me to like The Punisher, but I do. Or I have, Peaky Blinders. Or Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I like... I have a dark side. Or I like... Riverdale. No. no, Riverdale's a bit. Never mind, that's different. That's... Riverdale's not as bad, but I would say yes. I have a few dark shows that I love, like Peaky Blinders, Pun- The Punisher, Daredevil, even. Um, oh, speaking of Kingpin, Kingpin's back. Right? Yeah, we watched. Uh, we've been watching Hawkeye, and Kingpin is back. By the way, also really, really good. Mm-hmm. I posted it on my Instagram story, and um, I got some responses with questions. They're like. Why do you like him? I'm like, are you insane? Are you insane? <laughs> do you not know that Daredevil and Punisher are my two favorite freaking things? The ki- Kingpin is the coolest, one of the coolest villains in my opinion. Yeah, well, because he- he's just like above it. When you think he's gone, he just comes back a- even stronger, and it's insane. Like, I don't know, the fact that the what's her name and the Kate Bishop kind of defeated him. <laughs> yeah, well, she. She did, but he's just insane. So in there, they had a fight. Basically, Kingpin... We're talking about Hawkeye now. Yeah, Hawkeye. So Kingpin got hit by a car, easily got up, right? Done. He ripped a door off a car, easily. Um, then after he got hit by a car, he got up, then proceeded to destroy Kate Bishop, a.k.a. Uh, Miss Hawkeye. Is that the name now? No. What do you call Lady it? Hawk? Lady Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just proceeded to belly bump her into oblivion. Which John was excited about because that happens in the comics where he actually belly yeah. bumps people. In my video game. Oh, he does that in your video game? I have, so I play Marvel Contest of Champions, or at least I used to. And in there, the Kingpin character just belly bumps and it's unstoppable. Yeah. Well, um... That's yeah, that's funny, mm. but I think they showcased some more of his like superhuman strength in Hawkeye, which was cool. But I'm really glad that they brought Kingpin back. I'm just glad that the Netflix series are finally being more like that's that to me is more after is more three important. long years. <laughs> I know, and the last you know cliffhanger they left us on with Daredevil was Bullseye and him coming becoming a superhero. I mean, not a superhero. I'm sorry, a villain, but like. That's cool to yeah. me. And with this one, with the uh, Hawkeye, the cliffhanger was, um, oh, wait, is Kingpin dead? Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Obviously not. Because if you watch Daredevil, you, you when you think Daredevil has finally put a pin in it, <laughs> he comes back. And you just, you least expect it. And I think people should watch Daredevil and see it. And now people are, like, it's coming, it's becoming popular again. Although... Okay, other rant. You were talking. We we're talking about Riverdale. It's kind of. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Riverdale went downhill hard. Whoa. It went so hard. It First was season bad. out, bang out of the park. Second season, bang out of the park. Third season, even so, bang out of the park. Fourth season, okay. Okay, little some questions, but okay. And then fifth, Are we just, on fifth is the last one. Fifth is the last one. Down. Really down. <laughs> Freaking aliens now. Like, what the hell? Aliens, what else? We got aliens. There's so much going on. The town is not even known as Riverdale well, anymore. It's deconsecrated or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if They're all the five word. years older. They're all, oh yeah, they're all five years older. Betty and Archie had a thing. They also got together finally. But, but they're not, but then they broke up again because they realized that 
right? Or did they stay together? I, I haven't watched the whole thing because I just got so bored. <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, because, like, oh, Archie went to war. Oh, yeah. It just got super weird. Uh, Betty is now FBI. Yeah, FBI. Uh, <laughs> Jughead is a, you know, Author, weird Author, almost art. in debt and about to get killed by someone who owes money to. Yeah. And then, uh um, Veronica's married to a weirdo. To Wall Street. She's the wolf of Wall Street now. Yeah. And all that. It's just so weird. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just down. And I think they're still making stuff, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. They're, like, beating a dead horse at this point. Like, yeah. it's bad. All right. So, I want to talk about this is gonna be a long what episode. we're going to do next episode, because I can oh, this episode. So, we have scheduled, and this is supposed to come out before Christmas, and then we were going to do the Christmas episode, which was going to go with my topic, but, but then we it's at, fine. We unfortunately had a Ben over. We had... <laughs> Okay. We had a Jewish had boy. Co- okay, we had, we had some company, and we had Christmas, and just, we kind of lost track, and we also got a new mic, so. Yeah. So, and now, it's better. But, um, yeah, next episode is gonna be, um, can we actually look up what I, I forget what I officially called it. No, don't look at it. Can you go on Instagram? Um, we posted it on our Instagram. Follow us at Peak Curiosity Pod. We have two followers. <laughs> oh, that's all we freaking <laughs> need. Followers. All right, oh, let me yeah. switch accounts. This one. Sorry. Please follow us. Unum. Okay, so you're supposed to do uh, psychology behind pop culture romance. Yes, that's so fun. I'm so excited to research that. Oh, and then you're going to do after that. A deep dive into crypto and NFTs. And then Which after that, we're going to do... Topic. And then after that, we're going to do... Evangelical, evangelical cults. cults. Evangelical cults. With special guests. You won't know who, but we're going to announce them maybe like a day before. We don't know. Not a day before. We'll announce them on the day we upload. Okay. Well, okay, fine. I guess so. And if you haven't already listened to... Well, this podcast is really just kind of come and go as you please because yeah. some topics you might think are cool and some are not. Spider-Man, obviously, cool. Yeah, like we've done Mary Queen of Scots, and we also done. Yeah, because some people cases. think okay. I've learned this about myself. Sometimes I love really boring stuff. <laughs> okay, so royalty is one of those things that I like, and it's so petty. But go listen to the episode if you are interested, like I am. If you like boring stuff, yeah. so I like interesting stuff too. But I, I like a lot of boring stuff. I like very. I don't know. The more dull, the more boring, the more interesting. <laughs> Right, and well, and my dark side that we've also addressed in this episode. Yeah. All right, this is peak curiosity. We're gonna come back with you and me. Abby's gonna go and pee, and nope. Together we will Be- smile with glee. Okay, that was bad. I don't know. And now John's eating pez because he's done. Shh, it's Christmas pez. Oh my. <laughs> okay. Christmas Pez are the best. Oh my god, I got hate, my little. I freaking hate Pez. Got my little reindeer. It's like chalk. Ew. It sounds like gross. chalk too. <laughs> god. Mm. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, come back for more next week. Peace. Peace. Bitch. What?